following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. to another edition of the two-point conversation this is your two-point does college football episode for the week first off apologies about last week it's on me i got sick and had didn't really have a voice for like three days at least not a podcasting voice so not able to pull it off for you last week so no preview uh to get you all hyped for rivalry weekend rivalry I always want to, I want to always like Barbara Walters that, but why will we? <laughs> um, so didn't get you primed for that. Apologies, but uh, I hope you knew what was going on and how the big implications of all the matchups around college football for the, uh, the week that was week 13. And um, I think uh, Tyler, we have the best story out of all of them. Huh? We do. It's a little Cinderella story. Yeah. Um, Seems like um, I'll I'll admit I told all my friends and coworkers and family that we were gonna get stopped. Yeah, I hate to say it, and I hate to be that fan that sits on the edge. You know, you're supposed to root and die for your team, but you know I do. You know, for the boys in blue and you know our Bills on Sundays, but for some reason in my gut, I had a feeling that we were absolutely gonna get worked. We haven't won in Columbus since what 1990 or 1996 something like that yeah so i mean the writing's on the wall but i mean what a game right absolutely yeah the marquee game which we'll touch on in just a second was definitely the game michigan traveling to columbus (laughs) getting that victory uh before that we'll have some newsy things going on um most important thing going on right now would definitely have to be Matt Rule's reintroduction to the college football scene. He has accepted a eight-year deal to go coach at Nebraska. Your thoughts? The same old, same old. I, you know, he did good at what he was coaching at Baylor before he went to North Carolina for the Panthers. Yep. yep. You know, he, he did a good job in. Um, Baylor in their big 12, right? Big 12, struggling today already. Mm-hmm. Big 12. You know, it, it's hard to say. I think Nebraska has a lot of work. I, I think he has a lot of work to be done in Nebraska. I feel like Nebraska isn't like the Nebraska team anymore that was like in the years past. You know, a lot of transfers and uh, just not a lot of commitments. No. It's going to be tough. It is tough. It's the reclamation of Baylor was so culturally important that I don't think that's necessary. Like this job isn't as hard in that aspect because they were coming out of 
their darkest period, some awful things happening at the highest of levels at Baylor University. So his reclamation of that program <laughs> to get it back on its feet and to regain a little pride in themselves and reestablishing the culture, that was a lot harder. And I'll, always will be very impressive what he was able to do in a short period of time with Baylor there. Uh, this is just, like you already said, it's about getting the talent. How do you get the talent there? Baylor is an easier sell. You're in, you're in Waco. You're you're in the heart of diehard football fandom in, in Texas. So that's an easy Exactly. Sell. Yeah, and it, it, even when, when he took over at Baylor, I mean, Baylor already had a good program. Like, they had some dogs on and off the field, like both sides of the ball, and I don't think Nebraska has that. No, no definitely not. So he, definitely, he definitely has a definitely has a uphill climb. Yeah, and he, I think he likes this stuff. That's, I think that's what drives him more than anything. It's just he likes being that guy to 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 rebuild a program. Thought he could do it on the NFL level. Problem is, you actually have to, you know, handle men in that, not like teenagers. So I think yeah, it was really. just connecting his coaching on that. But uh, NFL is not for everybody. Look at Nick Saban. You know what I mean? It's it's not it's not for everybody. Look at uh, actually, I was gonna say look at Harbaugh, but at the same time, he was uh, a couple yards away from winning a Super Bowl. So uh, I guess he did fared a little better than the most. Uh, hiring news that we will continue on. Auburn officially has hired uh, Hugh Freeze to be their next coach. So the Liberty coach takes a huge step up in competition. Um, stepping into the SEC, your thoughts on this? We'll have to wait and see. I don't really have much thought on that. Yeah, and I wonder if he told his players, because the rumors were happening before they played the game on Saturday, Liberty's last game, um, but they, they got shellacked in their last mm-hmm. game. So I wonder if the players kind of already knew. So like they had like no heart or whatever, which is unfortunate, but. Uh, let's see what else going on. Uh, Deion Sanders has been offered the Colorado job. I don't know why he would take Colorado over basically being like, he's the head coach at Jackson state. Right. And mm-hmm. he's doing a phenomenal job there. Uh, they're undefeated first time ever in program history. They're you know going to be competing for a championship and their conference and all this good stuff. Get a good bowl. They're gonna play a good team probably in the in the bowl. But he's also like the head of like that's a historically black college. It's an HBCU university, right? And he's he's bringing light to those universities selfishly. As a college football fan, I don't want him to ever go really anywhere. I mean, I'll get it if he does, and I won't dog him for it. Uh, the pursuit for greatness of greatness you know, is something that obviously he's always had in his, his life. So I would see him taking the next step and congratulations. And, but the, the same time, it's like, oh, I want you to stay here and keep bringing light to these programs. Cause it's fun. They're, they're fun team to watch. And you know, when other teams go and play them, it seems like they raise their talent up just a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And like, you know, he built that from the ground up. So, you know, it's, it would be hard for him to leave. I mean, he, basically revived or even started that program. Yeah. He would also be leaving his son unless his son transferred with him, which would be. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> what if his dad's, what if he stays and his son stays behind and <laughs> stays. At they don't win a game. Yeah. Oh, and they play each other. That'd be awful. 
the other thing going on in the college football uh, coaching circles is it sounds like Luke Fickles, uh, it's his decision more or less to uh, be the next Wisconsin head coach. So jumping from Cincinnati, which is an independent, um, not it's not independent, but it's a, um, a American. Yeah, it's a, the the other Mac, it, right? He coaches in the yeah, other really. Not our, not UB Mac, the other Mac. And while it's not, while it's not a step down necessarily in in divisions because it's not, it's still Division One A, but. I mean, come on, you know what I mean? Like Cincinnati will never kudos to them on making the playoffs last year. They had a hell of a class, you know, between uh, uh, Ritter and Sauce Gardner, like a phenomenal uh, class of seniors, juniors there, but you get the chance to hop over to Wisconsin. I'm pretty sure you're going to take that job. Yeah, I'm taking it too. I mean, if you look at the Big Ten, I mean, it's stacked with coaches. I mean, you have John, you know, Coach Harbaugh, James Franklin, Mel Tucker. Now with him, um, maybe Ryan Day stays. Um, but there's a Big Ten is stacked with some good head coaches. I, I would jump ship. It's big I would money. try it. It's big money. Absolutely. It's, yep. I I mean if if um. Matt Rule can get an eight-year deal. Why can't Luke Fickle get a six-year deal or seven-year deal? Like, he's going to get Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the last thing, uh, which also involves our boys in blue, um, Cade McNamara, uh, backup quarterback, uh, started last year for Michigan, uh, officially has entered the transfer portal. And I could not think of a better place for him to land than in Notre Dame. Mm. I, would, I would love to see it. I was going to say Miami. Yeah. Does he fit the Christabel system? I don't know. Isn't that who's down there in Miami? Old Oregon coach? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Cade's, Cade's um, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. Clemson. Uh, he don't want to compete. I know that all oh, no. He'll lose out to that freshman in Harper. <laughs> yeah. It'll be it'll be like this all over again. He'll be he'll be going there thinking he's competing and really he's like, no, dude, you're like two steps behind the whole time. You yeah. hate to see him go. Well, he doesn't have anything that there's no there's nothing that he's done to the university that makes me say, Yeah, you need to go, but at the same time, uh to announce it days after we have our biggest win in program history. You take a second to make it about yourself in a way. It kind of seems like, like yeah, yeah, JJ had his moment. Blah blah blah. I'm transferring. I was like, okay, dude, whatever. Uh, bye, Felicia. Yeah, you know I, mean? <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't wait after the season, right? At least after the big the Big Ten championship, when you know the eyes will yeah. be starting to go towards the future, you know, because the playoffs is whatever. The, in my opinion, playoffs for all teams are it's just a bonus game, man. Like. Kudos on you having a great year. You probably won your conference. That's amazing. You should be happy about that, stoked about that. And then you get to go play in a, a playoff game. So, um, and enough news for now? I think so. I think that's it, yeah. Okay. Uh, why don't you uh, kick us off here and uh, give your thoughts and impressions about the game with Michigan coming out on top, 45-23. 
Um, unfortunately, I was at work, so I mean, I caught bits and pieces of this, but um, when we got really busy, it was like 10 to 3, and then I went outside. I was like, you know what? Here we go again. And every time I was outside and I would come in, Michigan was winning, so I stayed outside. I didn't watch the game, and then I came back, and then they won. It, it, it's absolutely incredible. Um, I, I'm happy that, you know, Blake Corum, you know, he got to play like what, at least a couple snaps in that game. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Donovan Edwards, that boy, he's insane. He stepped up to the plate and JJ stepped up and even the defense it, it, all around. What a great game. And I got to get, I got to tip my hat to coach with that fake handoff or the fullback dive to uh god who was it Mullins that threw it to uh shoemaker oh yeah that was pretty sweet that was a sweet play i did not see that coming especially out of his playbook come on yeah oh for sure and it's it's a it's a linebacker it's is a it's a running back who was converted to linebacker this season like this he played at linebacker this season and then because of the injuries to Corum and Edwards they had started giving him more reps back at running back again. And I, I heard that he didn't even really rep that play that much, not in the real sense, only in like a walkthrough kind of Mm -hmm. sense, which is just, you know, which is just saying like, okay, if you get, we get this look, we're still going to pull it off. And um, you need to wait until you see, you know, somebody crash. It's normally like a secondary guy. You have to, if, if if they go from uh, two high safety, but they go single high and the safety crashes and go for it. If not, just hold on the ball and just get as many yards as you can. And it, it almost didn't work because Ohio State got pressure real quick. Yeah, they did. The middle of that. And he almost didn't get the jump pass off. What a play, though. That was awesome. I, I did get to see that. I was – I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, oh, my God, especially coming out of Harbaugh's playbook. You're right. <clears throat> um so stat wise on the day uh donovan edwards 22 carries 216 yards two touchdowns most of it came in the second half uh he had a run of 75 yards which was the longest ever in the entire history of the game and then he runs off he, he breaks off a 85 yard run on the next drive to really put the game away and JJ McCarthy kind of like quietly has his best game of the year. And obviously we'll like we'll recognize it, but if I just rambled off these, the stats to you, uh, 12 of 24, 263 yards and three touchdowns, you'd say pretty. All right. Not bad. Three touchdowns is cool. 50% completion percent. is not great. <laughs> So it's it's funny that he's he's a legend already for going into Columbus in his first his first game playing in the sh- in the shoe, and you know he comes out like with a victory like that. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and you know it's always it seems like Michigan always plays to the team's level. They can play yeah. high with yeah. they can play high with Ohio State, and they can play low as. Colorado State this year, they they went off slow. They started slow against them. For sure. But overall, I mean, it is, you know, back-to-back years, it's it's pretty crazy. CJ, CJ Stroud, winless against Michigan. Yeah. 
it's uh it's great it, it, it's a great day to be a michigan fan sure it'll be a great month it'll be even better saturday oh can't wait uh the other guy i would feel bad if i did not mention for the offense at least uh cornelius johnson senior wide receiver 63208 he is a legit nfl prospect he's getting a lot of hype lately um, but he hauls him four catches, 160 yards, and two touchdowns. And his first touchdown was all, it was so it was such an effort play of catching the ball, making one guy miss, fighting through another, you know, diving tackle, and then just taking it to the house. The other one was a little bit of a coverage uh, miscue right. on them. <laughs> There's the Ohio State safeties. It I have not seen a unit take such a hard L as they did in this game. They were fused, unable to help in the in the taking poor angles for the, for the run support. Just they were a mess. And um, I think that's the biggest thing in, in all this is that Michigan's defense, while they didn't completely shut down anyone really, I mean, look, what look at these wide receivers. This is so nuts. So in losing effort, you got a uh, Abuka going nine for 125 in a touchdown, and then Marvin Harrison Jr. going seven catches, 121 or 20 yards on a touchdown. They had phenomenal days, but at the same time, if you ask me, how'd Michigan do uh, in in shutting down Ohio State's offense? I'm like phenomenal. You know, they had nothing on the ground to to, to count on. And the same time, I I thought that in the second half, especially the fourth quarter, I mean, C.J. Stroud had no idea where to go with the ball. And even yeah, when he, he looked- made good touch passes, like there's the one where San still ends up breaking up the play, but it's a it's a pass into the end zone to a tight end. It's a perfect touch pass. It's a phenomenal pass by Stroud. I when he when it left his hands, I said touchdown. Um, but he ends up hauling it or uh, not being able to haul it in because Sanders San still, which I can never say his name properly. I re- apologize to him. Um, he had the game of his life. He was, he was a freshman. He, he dude, uh, Sam's, uh, this is his, he's a sophomore, and he was a wideout converted to slot corner. Oh, okay, but yeah, he's he, he's incredible, and I hope we can keep him. And uh, what a, we had a, a lot of commitment flips. A lot of people from Ohio State transferring over to Michigan in the last twenty four hours. We had at least three or four of them. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Uh, go play for who you want. Go go find a position coach that you believe in and you think that they can get you to be a good player, then you go and play for them. Like, right. Ohio State, like, if you're a wide receiver that's a legit, like, prospect uh, that people are going after, you're a five-star guy, why wouldn't you go play for Heartline? The guy just teaches you how to be an amazing wide receiver when you go to the NFL. Right. So, Question for you. Um, I know I've been hearing a lot of rumblings on Facebook and Twitter. Ryan Day. Is he on the hot seat? I don't think he needs to be. That's what I said. I don't know one why. Loss, a one-loss season to a team that's yeah. just, is also good. Like, yeah, he could still I, be in the playoffs. We don't know. Right, and I, I don't understand. Like, I, I heard a lot of it on Twitter. I've been scrolling through, you know, Ohio Twitter and stuff like that, and they said, oh, wow, we want Ryan Day's job now, and we need a better coach. It's like, okay, you lost one game. You lost one game. Like, I don't understand. I really well, don't. I don't. Who do they think they're going to go out and pluck? 
that's what I'm saying. And plus, you have a shot to still be in the playoffs because LSU stinks. Yeah. Um, I mean, TCU is still a powerhouse. Um, I mean, they could still be in it. Clemson sucks. Yeah. So they if, could be if, in it. If USC looks terrible against Utah, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, absolutely. And, 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 you know, Ohio State's only loss is to a team that, in a lot of ways, you can make an argument should be deserving of the number one seed in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, no, I, I don't. No one has Michigan to win. Like, our win over Ohio State, no one has that on their record in the, in the playoff, you know, consideration. Right. Well, we probably shouldn't talk about them the whole time. We could. We probably should. Oh, we could. Yeah, we should. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll stay on the playoff um, kind of bandwagon here. Uh, let's go on over to the Big Twelve, where TCU absolutely slaughters Iowa State. To, I mean, they already did. They they had clinched their spot in the um, Big Twelve championship, but with that win. They make it very, very hard to knock them out just if they lose in the Big 12 championship. They're a good program. They're a good team, and I would hate to play them. They do everything pretty well. Like, I, I won't say there's any one thing, like, you'll never get, you know, their pass rush is too good, or their corners are too strong, or, you know, their wide receiver core is just too good, or anything like that, but Everything together, it's way better than most people's. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, scores um, from this game, the box score from this game, not as impressive as maybe you would think it is. But once again, this goes back to they're kind of like an all-around good unit. So dug in on the day, 17 of 24, 212 yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Wow. Um, they even gave their backup a little run. Uh, Morris came in. He goes 506 for 34 yards and a touchdown. So good for him. Uh, Condre Miller, uh, decent day on the ground. Uh, 15 of 15 for 72 and two touchdowns. Uh, Duggan didn't really get going on the ground. He uh, only had three yards on three carries. Uh, their number one wideout did not play. I knew that going into the game. Well, Quinn and Johnson um, okay. did not play in this game. So, leading receiver on the day is uh, this guy. Let's pull up his name. Uh, Savion Williams, a 6'5", 215 junior, uh, hauls him five catches for 48 yards and a touchdown. So, like I said, it's it was like a all-around effort. Yeah. And, now, and now they host... Who do they got? They got Kansas State, not Hose, but it's it's Kansas State, TCU, the the battle of, of how about this? The winner gets to wear purple, and the other team doesn't get to anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say the battle of the purples. <laughs> uh, we'll get into predictions on that, but that is that is who they are taking on in their next next game, which is the uh, Big Twelve Championship. Um. I guess we'll talk about Georgia. Uh, big shocker. They destroyed Georgia Tech 37 to 14. It was close for a little bit. A real little bit. Um, let's see here. Tech always plays them tough. They do find a way, don't they? Always. Year after year. 
Uh, words box score. You're letting me down. Hit the bottom and yeah, whatever. I just know that I at one point I looked up and I'm like, wait, why isn't Georgia Tech up by like three touchdowns? Or why isn't Georgia up like three touchdowns right now? Took a while. Right. They're still the juggernaut though of the playoffs. You would say, right? I think we can beat them. Yeah, but I, I, I mean, they're still a powerhouse, but I think we can beat them. And I texted you last night because look at the strength of schedules. We'll pull up Georgia's real quick, but I can talk about Michigan. But Michigan has played. Was Michigan State ranked at the time? I think they were. State, probably. Yeah, were they? Maybe? I don't think so. I don't know. Probably not. Uh, top five, uh, a top 10 win against Penn State, and then a number two beating of Notre, um, Ohio State. See, there you go. So here's the strength of schedule. You know, Michigan's played, you know, a tough Maryland team. I know they're not ranked, but they're they're underrated team. Penn State, Michigan State, Illinois was tough. That was a tough game. We just beat Ohio State. So you look at the strength of schedule, and now here's Georgia. Week one, they crush Oregon. Kind of saw that coming. Week two, they beat Sanford. Couldn't even tell you where Sanford is. 33 to nothing. A mediocre South Carolina team, which South Carolina has turned it around. Kent State. Missouri. Auburn. Vanderbilt. Florida team that we both cursed. Probably their number one win of the year was against number one Tennessee, or two two at the time. Yeah, it says one at Tennessee. Maybe maybe Tennessee was one. Then Mississippi State, then Kentucky, and then Georgia Tech. Not a lot of good teams. The only team that really sticks out is that Tennessee one. Right. That's the only one, and maybe I'm trying to find another one. Another maybe Missouri. Missouri kept it close, twenty six to twenty two. Georgia takes that, but. I don't know. Well, it should not have been that close against Missouri. Missouri Absolutely not. No, but I think you know you, you, we get people argue about strength of schedules and talent, but I don't know. I, I think I kind of like blue. It wouldn't surprise me if we if we jump them. It really wouldn't. If no, I think seriously. the committee, as we're recording right now, are they meeting right now? I believe so. Right what comes or goes out tomorrow, seven p.m. On Tuesday? Okay. Maybe on Tuesday then. So we, we um whenever you're listening to this, um you, you may already know or you're about to know more than us, uh, which is where Michigan is ranked compared to Georgia. And I, I do I think you're right, dude. The strength of the schedule, it's it's clear as day. Uh the only thing that you could tell me that would change my mind on why Georgia can stay at one and, and Michigan can just stay at two is that Georgia's been one all along other than when they handed it to Tennessee and then ten, and then Georgia just turned around and just beat them to take it back. So um, I'm fine with it. If they want to say they're the, the defending champs, they came in number one, they've, they've held it the entire time. Fine. I get that. You know, you got to beat the King, right? You got, you got to knock the crown off. You got to take it. You, you, you don't get handed it. So. Absolutely. The other big game of the weekend with the playoff implications ends up being USC 38, Notre Dame 27. 
they're kind of a scary team, man, because there's a guy in this team that neutralizes everything. And Caleb Williams. Uh, if that was not a Heisman moment, I I don't know what is. Like, he did not. He's a baller. Right. And, like, it, he only had one touchdown through the air, but he had three rushing. But it's the plays. It was, if you watched the game, you saw, like, okay, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah he's a Heisman winner, and yeah, he should be the number one pick next year in the draft. And you know this this experiment of going and, and plucking Lincoln Riley, and you know caught a little bit of heat early on because it didn't look like um, USC was going to be that good in their own conference. Um, but now look at it; like I don't think anyone's close to them in their conference. No, I think USC runs the Pac-12 and. I mean, there's nobody even close. I mean, Oregon fell off. Um, Utah, not sure what happened there. But I think it's USC's, USC's to win. Yeah. Um, for Notre Dame's part in this, you know, they had a lot of fight. They didn't really have a reason to. So, you know, credit to that coaching staff, keeping the locker room together, trying to take down a rival you know, on the road, big stage, playing in the Rose Bowl, you know, that's it's not an easy place to go and win. No. So, you know, coming out of Pasadena, you know, losing 38-27, while it doesn't sound like it was a good effort, if you watch the game, it was. Um, mm-hmm. They bought a little rhythm on offense. They could they could run the ball a little bit there. Um, little something going forward, probably not with Drew Pine. Um, their quarterback Drew Pine. I don't know. He's tiny. Michael Mayer, he's sweet. Well, yeah, but they'll lose him this year. He'll be good in the yeah. right. Let's see, Mayor. What are you? Yeah, you're a junior. You gotta go. You gotta go to the pros. Uh, on the day. Uh, speaking of Mayor, eight for ninety-eight and two touchdowns. Did you see any of these highlights? I actually caught most of this game. Oh, okay, cool. Do you remember when Drew Pine made a? the stupid throw that he should not have made to mayor in a quadruple. And I'm not even kidding. Quadruple <laughs> coverage and mayor still came up with the ball. Yeah. He's, he's so like him and Bowers are the two tight ends of the draft. Well, we got to wait on Bowers. He's only, a Oh soft. yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know Man. he looks, he looks like he should be in the league right now. <laughs> I know, he's ready. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this game was a lot more spirited than I originally thought it was going to be. I thought it would be a straight beatdown. Um, Absolutely. That's what I was thinking. ND sitting at 8-4 and four in the year, going to a bowl game. There's been worse first-year startups. So Freeman, I think, is still the guy for them. Um, still think he can recruit the hell out of it. So we'll see. Um, but that is the top four teams you got. Either Georgia or Michigan at one and two. It seems like TCU is stuck at three, and then USC is at four, and they'll be real tough for them to move up. Uh, I don't really see any way that they can get their way into three. Like, it would have to be TCU losing in the championship and then looking really bad doing it. Right. <laughs> Which I don't see happening. Even if they could lose to Kansas State, Kansas State's they got some pretty good. They got Darren Sproles 2.0 over there, so 
Yeah, you can score. Yeah. Uh, other games that we should probably touch on real quick uh, before we do anything else. Um, let's go back in time to uh, Thursday night where Mississippi State upsets Ole Miss 24-22, and that kind of sparked the old, uh-oh, is Lane Kiffin going to hop ship? Is he going to find something else? Uh, no, in fact, uh, Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin have doubled down and he has signed a contract extension to remain with Ole Miss um, for the foreseeable future. So good for the Rebels. Not a great uh, look losing to Mississippi State like that, but, hey, man, that's the way the Egg Bowl goes sometimes. Uh, On Friday night, we had Baylor taking on Texas, and it was Baylor's game most of the game. And it wasn't until late in the fourth quarter, not not late, but in the fourth quarter, where Texas was like, oh, yeah, don't we have this, like, other guy that's a Heisman, like, candidate, superstar running back? Yeah, we'll just keep handing it to him. And then B. John Robinson just took off. Yeah, Quinn Ewers looked last in this one. He did. Yep. He got, he got bailed out, bailed up big time. Uh, I actually watched most of this next game. Uh, NC State is your winner in double overtime over North Carolina, 30-27. Uh, real fun game to watch where North Carolina battled back at the end. They were down two scores to NC State, uh, came back with um, uh, May playing pretty good ball. Uh, he's he's clearly shown that he's got that NFL pedigree. But good on the Wolfpack, battling it out, getting the win. And um, I don't know. I, I think these two programs are about to look vastly different because rumor is Mac Brown may be thinking about some retirement from uh, college football. So that'll be a big loss for North Carolina. Ooh. Yeah. Um, as well on Friday night, we had UCLA surviving a scare against Cal. Oh boy. <laughs> I was watching the Florida, Florida state game, but I was keeping an eye on the ticker and I was like, don't you do it, UCLA. Don't you lose to that terrible California team. Yeah, right. What, <laughs> that'd be the team to lose to. Oh, they would never live it down. That'd be it. No. Chip, Kelly, Chip Kelly would have to hang it up. <laughs> 35-28, UCLA, your winner. I mean... If it's not for Zach Charbonnet, I don't know what kind of team they even have in UCLA. He's such a workhorse for them. Gets 24 carries again in this game. Like, if he doesn't have over 20 carries in a game, like, he's hurt. Like, that's the only reason yeah, they right. can't the ball that much. So, But uh, th- this the Florida-Florida State game, did you catch this one? I did not, know. This was a hell of a fun game. Uh, as much as we loved Anthony Richardson to start this year. If you watch this game, you loved him too, but just based on just pure heart. I mean, the guy just gives you everything. He's not great. He's not even very good. He's good <laughs> at best at times. Um, but he just plays with such heart, passion, just plowing through dudes. Uh, he has the most ridiculous stat line here. He went nine of 27 through the air. Uh, for 198 yards, but he had three touchdowns and a pick. So three touchdowns and only nine completions is crazy. 
I don't understand that at all. Um, Travis Etienne's little brother is actually um, the star for uh, Florida in this game. He was running real hard. Uh, Bryce and I had a little exchange about him on uh, on Facebook um, about how how strong he's a, uh, is as a runner already as a freshman. Uh, he goes 17, 129 and the touchdown on the day for Florida. Um, he was the star for them. And then out of nowhere, this dude, Ricky Purcell, uh, wide receiver from Florida, emerges just when you thought that the Gators had absolutely no one to throw to. They had at least one dude. Uh, he hauls in five catches, 148 yards, and two touchdowns. He just kept making plays. But uh, it, it was bad to start, though. It's was like, man – who do you throw to if you're in a Gator? Yeah, really, nobody. Nobody. Uh, so Florida State's the winner, mostly thanks to this guy, especially what he did uh, on the ground. But Jordan Travis, have a day. Uh, Jordan Travis, 13 of 30 um, to the air, 270 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but he also carried the ball 15 times for 83 yards and two touchdowns. And he he really is the only reason that they were able to pull this off um, down the stretch because it, it was back and forth pretty much the whole game and no one ever had control even with the if they were up two scores no no one was in control it was a lot of fun it's a great rivalry and I hope that um, I hope Jordan Travis comes back for one more year because I think it'll be good for him and Florida State absolutely yeah Florida State nine and three yeah. Great. Kind of a quiet nine and three. I know. I know. I was thinking about that when I was going to like looking at what other games happened. Oh yeah. Oh wait. Florida State's actually good. Look at you. Uh college football is better when Florida State's good. Plain and simple. It's cliche, but it's true, right? Yep. Uh how about this for biggest flop game of the day? Biggest biggest whiff. Uh LSU. Losing stink. to Texas A&M and blowing their only shot at the playoffs. They stink. They do stink. Brian Kelly stinks. I don't get it. I don't know how you lose to a 5-7 and seven team. Especially how the year that Texas A&M was, you know, conducting. Well, you, you would think that they were packing it in, right? They were ready to go on vacation. You know what I mean? Coaches are like – planning their family's getaway to the Bahamas or whatever. Like n- nobody's right. on trying to beat LSU. There's always next year, you know, let's just move on. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get that one for LSU, but they're done. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Good luck playing Georgia this week too. And and go work on that accent, Brian Kelly. Yeah. <laughs> So let's get into next week's games, uh, especially when just talking about the championship. So uh, we'll start at the bottom and work our way up. So we got Utah taking on USC for the Pac-12 championship. This is a Friday game, 8 o'clock on Fox. Who are you taking? I would say, you know, couple of weeks ago that give me utah but i like usc yeah bet on offense in this one yeah i think usc is gonna be good i think they got it with you. uh tcu taking on kansas state 
Vegas thinks this is kind of close, actually. Yeah, I was just about to say, I think Kansas State keeps it close, but I like TCU at the end. I think they're just too much of a powerhouse, and I think it's them versus against the world right now. Give mm-hmm. me TCU. Give me the Horn Frog. Isn't Kansas State still missing their quarterback? Yeah, um, what's his name? Daniels, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. If they had him, then I would consider it. But no, I'll I'll write with my man uh Alex and his horned frogs uh to take down Kansas State and uh secure their first ever uh, appearance in the playoffs. It'll be fun. Um all right, I'm gonna do it. Uh Georgia, I'm calling it right now, number two seed, taking on LSU as we just said. A massive favorite, minus 17 and a half points uh, on Vegas. This is a 4 o'clock game on CBS. Sorry, the TCU game is noon on ABC. So you got uh, 8 o'clock Friday, noon on Saturday, 4 o'clock on Saturday, and then uh, later on Michigan, um, Purdue's at 7.30. Oh, 8 o'clock, actually. So there's no reason Georgia should lose this game, right? The way that LSU has been playing this year, they're so up and down. Can you imagine if they beat Georgia, but I don't see it. Give me the Bulldogs. I mean, that would be just this year in in a microcosm. Yeah, it would be it would just it would, be so LSU. Well, and it would be like overall the thing. Like twenty twenty two has just been such a weird year, anyways. With just random teams losing, random teams being good for no good reason. Um, yeah, I, I think that. If they if they can't pull this off, man, then they definitely don't deserve that top seed. Uh, and then uh, the nightcap, Michigan and Purdue. Michigan, a 16-and-a-half-point favorite right now. Uh, this is 8 o'clock on Fox. So I hope Michigan doesn't start off slow, which they probably will. But I like blue at the end, but I think Purdue gives us a fight. I wouldn't sleep on Purdue, but I like Michigan winning back-to-back years. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I did see that O'Connell um, was not able to start practice this week. Sounds mm-hmm. like they're going to have to slow play him a little bit just to keep him healthy enough to be able to play. Um, Quarterback, right? Yeah. Uh, so we'll see what comes of that. Uh, we'll see what comes of Blake Corum. Um Maybe it's a blessing in disguise that he wasn't able to go and they can rest him up even more and just get him ready for this game. Um, right. Do not, please do not start slow. Last year, they just, they almost gave it to Iowa while we were there. It was so close. And then Michigan, I mean, they turned up the heat, but you could not start slow against Purdue. Purdue can score. They can they score for a reason. Yeah. I don't see Purdue's. Of all the units playing in a championship game this weekend, by far Purdue's defense is the worst unit mm-hmm. out, of, yeah. out of everyone else's offenses and defenses playing in championship weekend. Purdue's defense is just bad. It's just bad. So, uh, but Let's yeah, Char- Charlie Jones uh, can't can't count that dude out. That's our boy Bryce's uh, one of his favorite wide receivers in this class and. Got to keep an eye on him. So, yeah. 
Uh, I guess to finish out the uh, championship weekend, uh, we should probably mention Clemson taking on North Carolina for the ACC. No real implications probably for the playoffs, but who are you taking on that one? I think Clemson is just done. Give me North Carolina. Yeah. They might be. They might be just hang, uh, hang it up. Uh, Army Navy's that weekend too, isn't it? I believe so, or maybe the week after. Hmm. Could be. I could be wrong. I don't know. Week fourteen. Oh, December tenth. Oh, Navy okay. at Army. Yeah, we, you were right. We have to wait another weekend. Hell, the UB Bulls have to play another game. Ugh. Just end Ugh. it. <laughs> what do they even play for them? What do they even play? They're playing Akron. Who's two or one? Terrible. So why why are they playing if the MAC Championship's playing? Is the MAC Championship playing? Oh, it is. Yeah, Toledo, Ohio. Toledo, Toledo, Ohio. Give me Ohio, but that's weird that UV's playing. Friday night, yeah. Friday, oh, Friday afternoon. Maybe it was a makeup game. Did they have to have a makeup? Maybe I don't know. I'm not gonna keep track of Mac and pre- or at least even pretend that I am. <laughs> I'm right. Not. Um, we made it to the end of the year. It's kind of sad. It is sad. It flew by. Seems like we were just doing week one. Yeah, that's the way it always goes. It's a bummer. Well. I think after this weekend, obviously we'll have a recap of some championships, some other random games that we might want to talk about. And then it's kind of a big lull period until the Bulls start kicking off closer to Christmas. So I think it might be time to have Bryce hop back on with us and see if we can start talking a little more draft. I'm in. I like it. I think I'm good. You good? I'm good, yeah. Hopefully listeners are good. Uh, hopefully you're Michigan fans because then you're really, really good. And um, if not, it's all right. You can be a Buckeye fan too. It's cool. I don't hate you that much. <laughs> a uh, little bit, but not too much. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little less this week than most weeks. Oh, we'll head out now. Uh, continue to listen to the rest of the episodes during the week. Uh, the pickums, the discussion topics, all that fun, great stuff uh, right here on the two-point conversation. Continue to listen to the men's locker room wherever you find them. Uh, hop on over to Crafting and Drafting with me and my buddies when we draft silly topics. Uh, and then go find other stuff on the network, bsebp-radio.com. Uh, that is where you will find us as well as all of our friends' podcasts. And, um, yeah, we'll be back next week to talk championships and some draft stuff. So until next time, Tupac Conversation is good. Yeah, spot. Look at the end.